0: Stop it! I thought that was only for local TV. Was this no, your idea? No, no,
1: no, no! I am uh, recasting Star Wars with Penguins players for tomorrow on the trip.
0: Wow! Can you give me a little nugget, or is that too much?
1: Uh, no, I can give you a nugget. Um, who would you like me to distract? Like, which which player would you like me to cast? Or which, I want to know who Reeves star-
0: is, and huh? it better not be Jar Jar.
1: No, 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 no! no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Reeves,
1: I, I believe Reeves is going to be the monster from the Return of the Jedi. The you Sarlacc. The that, the, yeah, exactly, the guy in the pit. Yeah. No, not not the pit. Not the pit that, like, Boba Fett fell into and in the monster birth. The one that the kind God of looks, looks like, like a the, vagina?
0: No, not that
1: one. The okay. other one. Oh, like, where,
0: uh, where Luke uh, sticks the bone in his mouth. Wow, there's a lot of euphemisms flying around. Right, because he's mean,
1: he's nasty, everybody thinks he's unbeatable, and just like Ryan Reeves, he only got three minutes of screen time.
0: <laughs> yes! Oh, this is going to be a good column, Tim. I'm very much looking forward to that. When will you be dropping said column?
1: Uh, probably tomorrow uh, morning between like nine and noon it'll go up something to that effect. I'm almost done with it right now. I'll just I'll give you the big payoff line right now, Adam, and then you can repeat it tomorrow when it's actually in print. But for Latang, Crosby, and Malkin this column is for them. They've gotten three Stanley Cups already and may the fourth be with them.
0: Nice. I like that a lot. Tim Benz from the Trib, check him out. He gave me plumber hours for tomorrow between nine and noon. He'll have that column up for you. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be submitted
1: tonight, but God knows when the desk and everybody else will put it up. You know, it takes three or four people to correct all my spelling errors and whatnot.
0: So. And now he's uh, being just an insubordinate worker. My God, Tim! I mean, I mean can, can you just watch your tone, please? Like, I no, like no, having no, Trib no, people I'm on.
1: Saying it's my fault. I, I sometimes oh, get a copy that looks like you know the Chinatown phone book. It's like in a different language or something like that. So, you know, people have to correct me along the way.
0: Last question for you relating to Star Wars. Were the Ewoks brave or were they just dumb? No,
1: they were brave. They were resilient. They used the tools that they had at their disposal. I mean, why do you think they're dumb? Because the one guy got on the land speeder and screwed up trying to drive it. Those things are hard. You think you can master one of those the first time you did it? That's an unfair question. I think the Ewoks are notoriously picked on way too much.
0: I like the Ewoks, too. I'll go for that. They just didn't seem like the brightest of creatures. But maybe I'm selling them, as you said, Tim, shorts. My God, terrible joke. Are football players, Tim, brave? Or are they just kind of ignorant to the surroundings that are have befallen them?
1: No, they're brave. Um, I don't think that they're ignorant of it. I think you go through enough games injury-free and you think you can do whatever you want. Uh, I'm not saying that this is what happened to Ryan Shazier. And, frankly... He didn't go through a lot of games injury-free before this happened either. So I don't think that a lack of physical awareness is what resulted in his injury. Uh, I know he's taken um, a, a lot of criticism, even in the wake of being injured, from those that said that this was something that fell on his own shoulders because he didn't tackle properly. That's true. Um, well, accurate. I don't know if it's necessary <laughs> it needs to be pointed out at that very right. moment or within 24 hours thereafter. But, yeah, I think there's a there's a high degree of bravery that goes into that game. Um, It's easy to be brave when you're 6'2 and 240 or whatever the case may be. You feel a lot braver when you have the physical stature to back it up. But, yeah, I'd say football players are brave and uh, not ignorant but willfully dismissive of the risk. How about that?
0: What are your thoughts on what Mike Mitchell had to say? I realize it's tough when I pose it to you that way because there were a lot of things that he did say, but your general reaction? My general
1: reaction is that Mitchell said a lot of things a lot of people believe. He said a lot of things a lot of people want to hear. He said a lot of things that are Twitter unfriendly, so you don't get a lot of likes and retweets when you say safety isn't that important or shouldn't be deemed as important as people are suggesting right now. Um, The most important thing in life right now is to get likes and retweets on Twitter, and what Mitchell said doesn't connote that kind of response or you know engender that kind of response. So I think that's why people are lashing out against them, people like O.C. Humanura because it's very easy to do exactly that. Uh, talk about concussions, say how dangerous they are, and have people fawn all over how politically correct you are. Um, but I think Mitchell said a lot of things that people in football believe, even those who play offense, even quarterbacks and wide receivers and maybe the occasional kicker that think that their teams have been victimized at various times because the rules have gotten too tough. You know, one thing that Mitchell pointed out along the way that just has not caught up in the game yet is players will still go high instead of going low because they would prefer to be a dirty headhunter than a dirty guy that took out someone's legs. Um, You know, there are still negative views of people who have made low tackles and cost players seasons, even though they were doing exactly what they had to do to avoid getting penalties that the league has agreed upon. And that's a real difficult dynamic that hasn't properly been talked out in this league yet.
0: I framed it this way, Tim. I like to see player safety be a priority, but because I think it'll help prolong the game of football. You can never take out the violence because football, of course, is inherently violent. But I do think you can try to eliminate some of the violence. And I think the problem there is not that they're not going to try because we're going to see a reaction this offseason, and depending on who you talk to, an overreaction, but it's the players themselves who speak like Mike Mitchell that don't want to change the game. And believe me, I can empathize for him. I know why he doesn't want to change, but it's because of players like that. It's because of Ben Roethlisberger saying, oh, it's AFC North football. It's because it's commonplace that maybe football does at some point turn into boxing.
1: Yeah, well, okay, a couple things on that. Uh, First of all, you know, to go back to the Mitchell thing, which you were talking about there, Troy Polamalu said exactly the same thing back in 2009. They got little to no attention because Twitter was barely off the ground yet. Well, he said Uh, it very quietly, Tim. Yeah, and he said it very quietly instead of raging, like Mike Mitchell with his eyes popping out of his head and dropping F-bombs along the way. But he said this is flag football, long before Mike Mitchell ever did. So there's been a movement about, you know, 10 years now, eight or 10 years this has been going on for. It's just that Mitchell was a different messenger. Troy's an easy guy to like. Mitchell's an easy guy to dislike. And that's part of the reason why I think a lot of his uh, messages are being dismissed. As far as your notion of the the attempts to um, spread player safety or saving the game, well, I think there's so much discussion about player safety right now that parents who don't want their kids to play football – even if you throw a few more flags, aren't going to want their kids playing football just because, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster got a suspension. That's not going to make the soccer mom who's been clutching her pearls for the last 72 hours suddenly say, okay, the NFL figured it out. Now I'm going to allow little Johnny to go play football instead of taking up swimming or diving. That's just not going to happen. I, you know, I, think, I think it's a little naive to suggest that.
0: Hey, that's not very nice, Tim. <laughs>
1: No, it's not.
0: I didn't put your opinion in bubble wrap
1: and like and retweet it. I apologize.
0: Yeah, that is very upsetting to me. Okay, and it hurts my feelings that you were going back and forth with Will earlier this week. You know he's a West Virginia alum. Well, that explains everything uh-huh. on that front. Oh my gosh! No, so, this is you're,
1: you're referring to how put off he was that Paul Zeiss and I were wishing for Ryan Shazier to have a speedy recovery and return to the field as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, and let me just say something before you go off, because I'm ready for it, my man. I like Will. I do. Uh, I have him on the show every week. He's an opinionated guy. I understand where he's coming from. In fact, I found it hard to discuss things without having to try to frame it in the context of what is obviously more important in Ryan Shazier. That being said, I don't generally like to tell people how to think, and uh, that is what he did, and, well, now enter Tim.
1: Right. When I used the phrase soccer-momming and pearl-clutching, I was thinking of Will, because that's what he was doing in that exchange. Um, You know, when especially when someone is, with intent of being nice, saying something to the effect of, boy, I hope he's okay, I hope he can walk again, and I hope he can play football again, in that order. I don't think it's necessary to try to make yourself feel more sensitive by... Forecasting upon to them their lack of sensitivity for even bringing football into the room. That's one step way too far. You know, in my opinion, it's as simple as when people say something like that, they're hoping for what he's hoping for. I'm sure Ryan Shazier, in his recovery, is hoping that he can play football again. As am I, but in much less of a priority than it is that he is gonna be okay and walk again first i mean does that really need to be said does that really need to be flushed out when people say something like that online you know this sort of for for as unhappy as i am about ryan shazier's situation and he's become one of my favorite players in the locker room to talk to this sort of finger wagging over other people's level of sincerity is galling to me like what so i care less about ryan shazier than you do because you put emoji prayer hands in your tweet i mean give me a break like who is anybody else to tell me my level of care when, you know, I try to express in my best possible way sincerity that doesn't match what yours is? Piss off.
0: You know what, Tim? I think you're wrong, man. Uh, I care about him more and so does Will.
1: (laughs) You can say that and you can express that it doesn't mean it's right. I mean, like, you know, part of the exchange that Paul and I... No, in fact, it's very
0: left, I think, Tim. Huh? I think it's actually very left.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, he was... He was saying the subtext of what is said there is how quickly can you get back on the field for my team from a lot of fans. And I'm just like, uh, all right, well, I'm glad you're telling me what my subtext is. <laughs> you know, well, what is this Star Trek? You burrowed into my brain like those little worms that got into Captain Kirk's ear? I mean, what are we talking about here?
0: I don't know. I'm a Star Wars guy, Tim. You totally lost me.
1: Yeah, I know. I mixed my, my sci-fi 70s themes.
0: <laughs> Tim Benz from The Trip joining me here on the Crowley Show. Last couple of things for Tim. Again, I feel like i got to keep saying this. Full respect to Ryan Shazier. I am hosting a talk radio show. I would like my talk radio show to be interesting. So, Tim, I could only imagine, and again, this is somewhat speculative, but I remember seeing Jaws for the first time and not wanting to go in the bathtub, let alone the pool, let alone the freaking ocean. If I'm Ryan Shazier, my God, to have to go back out and play football again, if that was possible... You know, I'm I'm sure that that – I don't even know what his decision would be, but he would deserve a full game standing ovation as far as I'm concerned, man. Like, holy crap. Yeah, it's up to him. I mean,
1: you know, Tommy Maddox and Ben Roethlisberger both had spinal scares, nerve scares, neck scares, and they came back. But it's a little bit more flukish for a quarterback. It's kind of like how you get hit as opposed to who you are hitting – for a linebacker, yeah,
0: he may he might be able to play football again and never want to come back and that's fine too. Yep. Tim, do you think that these players really know what they're getting into when they're on the field? Because I feel like for me, them playing football is a lot like when I was in college and I drink forty five beers and then I'd fall down the steps and the next morning I wake up, and it's like, Oh well, good thing I didn't get hurt. I think most of them look at what happens to other players and realize, Okay, it's not gonna happen to me, I'll be the lucky one.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they fully understand it. I mean, I don't know. Anytime we play it. But anytime we play any sport, do we truly understand it? No! Not to to get so esoteric here, but, you know, you could go out. Whether The risk is much greater because the athletes are bigger, faster, and stronger. But then again, you're bigger, faster, and stronger, too, if you're in the NFL, right? So, you know, if, if I go out and when softball season starts again, I dive for a ball and I crash in the fence and I bust up my neck, uh, did I really appreciate the possibility of that happening? I guess you could look back and say no, or you just want to play the game, you know. And uh, I, I think there has to be a little bit of an understanding from these guys. They get more education on it playing in the NFL than, you know, the company does when they had the company softball game, right? I mean, they know they have the players' union telling them what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to tackle. Uh, they go through it every day, and they choose to do it anyway. Like I said before, I, I would call it willful ignorance. Uh, you, whatever education you have about how bad it can be when you get injured, you have to shelve that and go go play anyway if you want to keep playing in the NFL. And I think Shazier, just like every other player is going to be out there on Sundays doing that, they know the risk, and this goes back to the big hit thing. Oh, we've got to protect the players. Well, they signed up for something, right?
0: I've gotten into that a lot. Uh, I think that most players have the choice, but I would argue that some players don't really have the choice because it's football or bust. Uh, And based on where they were raised and uh, who raised them and whether or not they actually did have a family and whether or not they did have an opportunity at actual education, uh, made playing football not so much a choice. But I I do think that the overwhelming majority say, okay, I want to play this and uh, I could do something else if I didn't. Um, Tim, uh, appreciate the time, man. I know you would write the best columns in all of Endor.
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, I, I would be the Ewok that would sit in the throne and be levitated by C C3- three. No, Actually, C three PO sat in the throne, right? He did. Yeah, so okay, I would be the Ewok that placed C three PO in the in the throne. I would be that important.
0: Badass Ewok, Tim. Appreciate the time, man. Looking for your column at some point tomorrow, whenever that might be.
1: Yeah, it'll be before you're awake. Don't worry about it.
0: That's fair. Goodbye, Tim. Bye. Tim likes tool. He does. Sure. It's the Crowley Show. Mike Mitchell spoke yesterday, and we talked about it ad nauseum at the beginning of the show. And let's just go over a couple of the points again. He said, let's not try to make football this evil thing, this violent thing. Well, number one, it is always going to be violent. Uh Violence is incredibly important to football. That is why people love football, is for the element of violence. It's why TV shows all incorporate some element of violence. It's why the violent video games are the ones that sell more so than any of the other type video games. Violence is crucial to popularity. I'm not going to be naive enough to think that that's not true. That is the case. But just because something is violent doesn't necessarily mean mean it's evil. Is self-defense evil? No, and by law, no. I suppose depending on what state you live in, but no. So, violence isn't always evil. And in this instance with football, it's not evil. It is provided for Mike Mitchell. It's provided for his family. He had 300-some-odd dollars in his account before he played in the National Football League, and now Mike Mitchell is A very rich man. His deal with the Steelers is four years, $20 million. Hello, we're talking about cheddar there. So I'm empathetic to what Mike Mitchell's saying. Football's been a very great thing for him. It has totally changed his life. It's that way for a lot of people. Most players would take that trade-off every time. Their long-term health? For the benefit of their future? And their family's future? Hello? Duh. Football isn't evil. But it is inherently violent. The NFL isn't trying to stay away from violence. They'll still be hitting on every single play. But what they are trying to do, albeit not great at it, is they're trying to take away the unnecessary violent hits in the game. And this is where people get misconstrued. I say you need to clean up football for the longevity of football. And people tell me, you can't take away what happened to Ryan ear? No, you can't. And that's not what I'm saying. You need to listen to me, people. You have to. Because what I'm saying is you can try to eliminate the things that are egregious. Helmet to helmet is egregious. Hitting after a play is egregious. Bounties are egregious. These kinds of things can lead people to being seriously injured, and they're not really part of the game itself. So those things need to be adjudicated out of the game. The Chazier hit, it's going to happen. It'll happen again before the end of football. Uh, We're going to see players get severely hurt. It happened to Eric LeGrand. It has now happened to Ryan Shazier, although, again, we don't know all the full circumstances. Things like this are going to happen. When you play baseball, sometimes guys are going to get hit with the pitch. That's the reality. When you play hockey, sometimes guys are going to get hit up high. But they try to eliminate that. There's going to be contact in front of the net. In basketball, guys are going to get fouled, but what do they call them? Flagrant. So you don't see them all the time. If there was no distinction for fouls, every time somebody got fouled, they get punched in the side of the dome. That's a much more effective way to stop a shot from going in, right? If you hit a guy in a dome. So if the other sports are trying to go forward with player safety, if in the real world you have seatbelts and warning labels, then in football I think you can try to change the game for the better. Now it might not be as visually appealing to you, And it might step away from the gladiator nature that you knew growing up in the 70s. But science is important. Information is important. I was told earlier today that I'm a candy ass because I said that now there's new information out there that tells you that sometimes things that happen in football aren't great for you. I think you're more of a man if you have the ability to compromise. I brought up the analogy earlier that my wife and I have been together for 10 years. We've been married for a couple. We wouldn't have been together this long if we didn't compromise. It's very easy to only see things your way. It's very easy to only do things according to your sensibilities. It takes a real man, if you will, to be willing to compromise. Be willing to give up some of what is dear and near to your heart so that it can help them. I don't like going to the movies. You guys know, sometimes I have panic attacks. I like being claustrophobic the movie theater does that for me but my wife just read a book wonder this is not helping me with the candy ass thing and i saw it with her last friday i wound up really liking the movie but it was a compromise because very often she's at home watching me watch sports she's not watching the sports she don't care about the sports she's watching me watch sports so it was a compromise we do what you want to do on friday and we do what i want to do which is watch football all day on saturday That's life. That's the way you get things done. And it might not make you as happy as you can be, because you're not always getting your way, but seeing them happy should help, and getting a lot of the things that you love should help. In the NFL, compromise is key. Yeah, if you're Mike Mitchell, you hate getting flagged when a guy lowers himself and you hit him in the head. But at the end of the day, it makes you a real man if you try to change your game. If you understand that it's important to your fellow man, and if you understand that taking a little bit of your happiness away can help the fellow man, that should be good enough for you. And I'm not saying this from a place of, hey, I'm going to go out there this Sunday and play football. I'm saying this from a place of, I watch football on TV or in the stands like the rest of us. But if you want to continue to watch football... If you want football on your TV and to be able to watch it in the stands moving forward, then compromises need to be made, changes need to be made. And guys like Mike Mitchell, for as much as I understand where they're coming from, need to give a little to get anything back. You don't give a little, football will be gone. Now, not in his career, but the next Mike Mitchell who's got 300-some-odd dollars, 100 years down the line, uh, with inflation, it's probably going to be worth a lot. But that guy, who doesn't have anything to his name except for football, ain't going to have football. He's only going to have that $360 if he doesn't change his game, if others around him don't change their game. I'm saying this as a human being. I don't like seeing guys get hurt. But I'm also saying this as a football fan. For as long as I'm alive, I want to watch that game. So compromise. It doesn't have to be that hard. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Got into this briefly with Jerry Dulac earlier in the show. Here's a quote from Alejandro Villanueva that he said in the Post-Gazette. Quote, in the NFL there are a lot of unwritten rules among players. A great example, C.J. Mosley from the Ravens. The last time we played them, I think Le'Veon Bell blocked him. He fell on my legs and he automatically sprung up. Was really concerned, helped me up. You have to try to avoid those things. I'm very conscious all the time. You want to play the game as hard as you can, but avoiding things you might be able to control. End quote. Two things here. One, I wish that more players felt that way, because they don't. Most of them feel like Mike Mitchell. You can tell by the social media reaction from players, that's the way that they feel. Two, the Ravens and the Steelers respect each other a hell of a lot more than the Bengals and the Steelers did. Do you think for a second, a second, that Le'Veon Bell blocks Vontez Perfect onto the ground, and that guy feels bad? No. He's not springing up. The only thing that's going to spring up is his because he's so excited about the violence that he's about to cause. The Al Villanueva said that C.J. Mosey was really concerned. Helped him up. It ain't happening with Vontez Perfect. Their dude on the special teams unit tried to hurt the Steelers kicker, Chris Boswell. Now, it happened a couple of years ago with the Ravens trying to do the same thing. Eh, that is a little bit different because you can argue whether or not they're actually trying to hurt the guy. I think the Ravens are trying to screw the timing up. I know the Bengals were trying to hurt him. There's a difference between the two clubs. There's a respect. The Steelers and the Ravens model each other after one another. The Bengals, they don't. I remember being in the AFC Championship game in the stands back in 2008 when the Steelers ultimately went to the Super Bowl and it was Steelers-Ravens. And there were a couple of Ravens fans behind me. Screw them, right? No. We were very cordial all game. And at one moment, they're screaming. Steelers had kind of coughed up the lead a little bit. It was 16-14, to 14, and the Ravens were about to force a punt. Joe Flacco would then get the ball back and throw an interception to Troy Polamalu. But because the Ravens' defense forced that, their guys are clapping, way to go, defense, it's awesome, defense, hell, hell yeah, defense. I turn around, him being the D-bag 18-year-old kid that I was, and I go, defense? You might play defense, but we invented defense here at Pittsburgh. And there's some truth to that. The Ravens modeled their game after the Steelers, this hard-nosed, hard-hitting defense to the tune of, you want to say the Steelers' 70s defenses were great? They were in over an extended period of time. But that Baltimore Ravens defense in 2001, hello, I might take that over any other defense. So they've modeled their games after one another. They hit hard, but they also respect one another. And they get what physical football is all about. It's about imposing your will and not injuring players for the remainder of their career. I know that's not what happened to Ryan Shazier, but it could have easily happened to Antonio Brown, and it has happened to Le'Veon Bell, and Ben Roethlisberger had his shoulder separated against the Bengals in the playoff game. These things happen more so against the Bengals because they're trying than it does with the Ravens. You go back to the Ravens rivalry, and yeah, for a time, the respect was kind of blurred there with Ray Lewis breaking Rashard Mendenhall's leg. That wasn't dirty. The Heinz ward bounty thing, that's dirty. But I think as these teams have grown and as they've seen how the other plays football, there's a respect factor there. And that's what we need to see between a lot of rivals in the National Football League. And, in fact, I hope the Bengals watch this Sunday night's game and then the next time they play the Steelers. They play them the way the Ravens do. Maybe shake their hand beforehand. Maybe treat each other like humans, because that ain't happening right now. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, it's kind of a hodgepodge of things at the end of the show. It's Star Wars night at PPG Paints Arena. Penguins and Islanders. I think it's a crucial game for Pittsburgh, so we'll get to that. We'll talk about Star Wars 2. And there's a lot going on at Pitt. That you know, I just need to sink my teeth into. It's a Crowley show. Wow.
1: Why they changed the receiver rule to be so complicated that a receiver, you know, has to go through so much to have possession of the ball before it's considered a completion. And do you think that results in potentially more harm or less harm to the receiver, especially for balls in the end zone? I was thinking of that when AB caught the touchdown pass, and it was kind of a couple of seconds before. Uh, you know that hit—the helmet—the helmet was
0: administered to him. Well, thanks for the call, Joe. Guys, and very much on topic. Just kidding. Thank you for the call, Joe. Uh, appreciate your listenership. You're always going to have players hit other players late. It's it's sports. That's always going to happen. I'd like to see it flagged. As for the catch rule, I don't know if it adds to more egregious hits happening in the game. Uh, I really don't think that it does. You. Have to complete the catch, and there's football moves involved, and I I don't know. I don't know. What you do want, though, Joe, is for there to be more concrete uh, or or to be concretely definitive in that instance. But if you care so much about the integrity of a catch, you got to care about the integrity of a player. And I think there's gray area with the catch. There should not be gray area when it comes to what's flaggable, what's suspendable. That was a really roundabout way of me not answering that question at all. If you want to chime in, 412-922-2874, tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. How about Pitt? Going to lose to West Virginia big time coming up on Saturday night. I will be there. I'll be drinking. Joe will be there, and he'll be drinking. Alex and I not going to be there. You're not going to be there? Not invited. Okay. I didn't invite Joe either, okay? Joe just – he's showing up. His uncle – Invited him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't like it was me saying, "Hey, I'm going to the game. You guys don't come." You guys meeting for beers before the game. Yeah,
2: we're meeting for beers before the game. So it's a planned event. Going to the game together. Essentially, if you're getting beers together, you're going to the game together. I suppose means... you're.
0: I suppose you're right. The only thing we're not going to be doing together is watching. I mean, the game. look,
2: I can see why you leave Alex out. He he didn't turn the knob up. Yes. Hey, I'm no. just hanging out here
0: supporting the show. <laughs> I do that?
2: As a pit fan, I don't want to go because I know they're going to smack us. As, as a, a pit wa- fan, now I know why you couldn't turn up the knob. Yeah, How do exactly. you still
0: not have... The- why is this so far away from your mouth? <laughs> what is happening? I do that? I'm going to go to Devin. De- Devin knows the rules of the show as Brian pulls yep. his microphone out of the damn matrix. Yeah, De- Devin will save Who's the this? show now. Hello, Devin. Hey, buddy, I just oh, wanted to this. call back because I think you misinterpreted
1: what I was saying earlier. I was agreeing with everything you said about change and everything. I was saying what I feel like is ruining the game is the fact that everything is so murky, like us not knowing what a catch is, us not knowing what a football Oh is. No. Oh, no. I, I,
0: I totally agree with you, Devin. I was responding to another caller. I, I, I think that that is a huge issue. If you don't know what a catch is, and you can't figure that out, a base element of what is football then how in the sweet world are you going to find out what's an illegal hit and what's not whenever there are nanoseconds going by before these hits even happen? And players right. don't know how to make a catch, so how in the world can players know what's legal and what's not?
1: Right, because like when, if like when like we go back to the Gronkowski thing. That was uncalled for. That was unsportsmanlike. That was so egregious and beyond what, what, what sportsmanship is. But he gets one game. But what Juju did was wrong. I'm not condoning what Juju did, but I'm saying how can you compare the two and give both players one game? It, and then and then I, I, I was expanding just on all the other things. I think that is what is turning people off of football because you don't know exactly what you're watching every
0: Sunday. No, you don't. And uh, thank you so much for the call, Devin, as always. Got this tweet from Pierce Grob. I wish I would read these things off the air before I read them on the air. That sounds so dirty. He says it's an evolutionary question. Some have evolved to appreciate football players as human beings, and others haven't. It's the difference between, oh bleep, stay down, and oh bleep, I hope he's okay. Pierce, I totally agree, man. Best Pierce of all time, Brosnan.
2: Do you know any other
0: Pierces? Paul Pierce. Paul. That's not a first name. No. Pierce Brosnan. People think of him as Goldeneye. You know what I think of him as? What's that? The hot dude in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> he is the hot dude in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's Doubt- the hot dude in Mrs. <laughs> he Doubtfire. Really is. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Right? Yeah, I wouldn't lie to you guys. He's the hot dude in Mrs. Doubtfire. What are you going to do? I did have a pit topic I did want to touch up. On. Number one it's that Kevin Stallings is a bald liar. He actually is a bald-faced liar. I love when that happens. He was brought in to play up-tempo basketball. He has not. His team is 301st in the country in adjusted tempo. Only three of his previous 16 teams finished in the top 100 in, a t- in adjusted tempo. His teams aren't able to run the court. They've struggled when they get sped up. They're going to get smoked by West Virginia, and he was hired under false pretenses. That's too many stats for my show, though, right there. Yeah. that That's a lot of stats for two that's minutes. Like week's worth. It is. Narduzzi, contract extension, didn't really get into that as much as I wanted to yesterday. You're going to have continuity even if you don't give him the extension. You've got him for four years. Why you have to add three to the end, I don't know, and the timing to me was very odd. Five and seven. It took him ten freaking games to figure out who the quarterback is. That, to me, didn't scream that he's a great coach. The two years prior to last year, and even trickling into this last year, the defense has been atrocious, and he's a defensive guy. I don't think he's a great coach. Is he better than what Pitt can get in other circumstances? Sure. But it's not like you need to give him extra money to keep him there. What did happen, I'm guessing, is Narduzzi said, Oh yeah, Tennessee, they came a-knocking. Which is obviously ridiculous, because why would they? But then the university had to act. They wanted to show a commitment. Playing devil's advocate on myself a little bit, the other reason you do this is to show that your program is not going to be a stepping stone. But again, I don't know how much you need to do that, because you've already got him for the next four freaking years. Last thing here on College Athletics. Don't tell me that college football is amateur. Don't just... I've made this argument a million times, but more so now than maybe ever before, I'm realizing just how ludicrous it is that they say that that they are amateur athletics. Jimbo Fisher is a guy. Jimbo Fisher won at an institution where they've won for the last 25, 30 years. With a transcendent college player in Jameis Winston. Winston leaves. He's five and freaking seven or whatever it is. He might go six and six this year. How great of a coach is he really? We know he's a good recruiter. He's one at an institution where they win a lot. What did he do to make that happen? I feel like a lot of guys could go there and win. He made seventy five million dollars. And then what you hear is, oh, we don't have money to pay the students. (laughs) Really? You don't have money to pay the students? $7.5 million a year? Give him five. But now the issue is going to be he set the market. So now the next highest paid son of a bitch is going to need 10 years, 80. Or 11 years and, oh, bad math, 82.5. I nailed it.
2: See, here's a really weird angle to this. You could pay every every player on your team a million dollars, and he would still make... 20 million dollars over the course of the career yeah that's nuts to think about it is i mean you could you could literally pay every player a million dollars on his team and there would still be 20 million left over to pay
0: my thing and you've heard this a lot is i don't like the conversation about cheating is immoral in football whenever guys are coaches are paying recruits or coaches are going through adidas to pay for recruits i don't like that because it's arbitrary morality you're not okay with the fact that this is not slave labor, but they're not getting their cut. You don't care about that. What you do care about is the time that they do. All of a sudden, that's awful. Okay, I've got 30 seconds, Brian. Favorite Star Wars character. Favorite Star Wars
2: character. Oh, Boba Fett.
0: I think you had to go Boba Fett because you stuttered so poorly there. And Alex?
2: Uh, uh, Chewie.
0: For the love of God, both of you. It's radio.
2: Look, there's so many. There.
0: We don't need the stutters. Enough out of you. Boba. Alex, you can feel free to turn your microphone down now. The reason I ask. Penguins. Islanders. Star Wars night tonight. That's about it. Crowley show.